Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the Earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. Alright, well we're going to go ahead and get started with episode 14 of Current Gen, which by the way is brought to you this week by uh, Raising Cane's Fantastic Fried Chicken. Actually, it's not... There's no real sponsor here, but uh, I'm just yeah. drinking it because I had canes tonight, and so it's fantastic. No funds? No yeah, funds. no no funding, no funding. But my name is Tim, and I have no money. I'm also here with Dan, who has no money, right? Nope, no money at all. Okay, and Derek, who has tons of money, right? Oh, yeah, I'm rich. I mean, he's got a Spider-Man chair. He's just a baller over there buying fancy computers. That's right. So what most of you don't get to hear, and it's mostly just because we're shooting the crap before we start recording, Um we do talk about stuff that's going on. We're not unaware of all the stuff that's happening in culture these days. We weren't, you know, we talked about some of the coronavirus stuff. And of course, we've talked a lot about what's going on with all the the protesting and in some cases rioting and the police uh, brutality that happened against a small select group of people. It's just really ugly. So just want everyone who's listening to know we don't ignore that, but also we do want this to be a chance for you to take a break from all that. I feel like every other place you turn, you're going to hear plenty of that. Basically, our take on it here is, at least my take on it, is just don't be a dick. Um, be nice to people, no matter what they look like. And if you have a chance to help someone out, do it. Uh, your big post you're t- working on right now on Facebook or Twitter is not going to change anything. I advise you to delete it. I advise you just to, it's too late, Tim. to make a difference in the circles that you can. Do not try to go on social media and make a change. It's not going to happen. So just affect change where you actually can in person. That's all I'll say. Here he, here he is, just whitewashing all of us black people. <laughs> I'm so sick of this. Whitewashing all of us black people that you just said? Yeah, brother. Actions yeah. speak louder Those than Those of you who have never me. seen Derek before, he's a black guy. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, no. Well, there's not a there's not many white Derricks that spell their name D E R E K. Sure, that is a good point. Um, I spell your name as D I C K. The problem is, I'm pretty sure when everyone when everyone who's not white does a white guy voice, they sound like Derek. That's the problem is they know they know what you sound like. Sure. Yo yo yo, why you white watching <laughs> me? Jesus. Well, we are gonna talk about video games and not about stuff in culture because we're idiots. We don't know what to say. Uh, so we're just gonna talk about video games and stuff exactly what to say well dan knows what to say uh, i don't um so we are going to continue our book club part two of last of us and i am having an absolute blast replaying through this game but we'll do that to close out the show again that way if you don't want to hear any spoilers for some reason if you haven't played it yet or are waiting to play it then um then you can skip the end of the show but we won't do it yet i'll give you a warning before we jump into that also by the way i'm thinking because this one has actually been a little more popular than other episodes, I'm thinking we should probably, once all three parts of this are done, I'll put it together as kind of just a bonus episode that we can then promote as just the full Last of Us book club spoiler cast sure. kind of a thing. Because sweet, I've really enjoyed talking about it and revisiting it, so I'm having call a call it a precursor to Last of Us Two. The part two, that's right, that's right. But we'll get into Last of Us Part One shortly. Before we do that, though, let's talk about stuff we're playing. I think Dan, you kicked us off last week, so Derek, why don't you tell us? 
about something you're playing this week. All right. So uh, the first thing I want to actually get into is because um, I forgot to talk about it last week, which is weird. But I um, I had bought uh, Mortal Kombat 11's Aftermath expansion. Okay. So I thought this was pretty cool. Um, I don't think I don't think any fighter has done this. Is this the they, always, they, they always have like season passes and stuff like that. Most fighters do. But I don't think they usually have story expansion. So is this the RoboCop one or is that totally separate? RoboCop's yeah, just yeah. a character in the expansion, DLC like pack, or yeah. the DLC pack, but he's not in the story, which gotcha. thank God, because if he was, I would have, <laughs> I would have stopped being a Mortal Kombat. It would have made sense, completely made sense. Obviously, I think he's fun addition as an arcade character type addition. Who cares? But yeah, I'm glad to hear that he's not in the story. So, what do you think of Aftermath? How was it? All right. So uh, overall, I thought it was good, um, but I will say this. For forty dollar price tag, it's disappointing because Whoa. some of the other cool things that are part of this expansion, really for forty bucks, what you're getting is the story mode, the expanded story mode, and then you're getting three DLC characters. So to me, in my head, I know they charge five to six dollars per character. Yeah. I think that's a ripoff because when you think about it, most uh, fighters have at least 20 plus characters for 60 bucks for a $60 game. So if you do the quick math, that's like $3 a character. So they're already ripping you off with that. So if they charge you $6 per character, that's $18. That means you're paying $22 for the expansion, like the story expansion. And I just, I don't think, I think the price tag should have been 20 bucks for the whole thing. How long the, is it? It only took me about three hours, okay, three, okay. three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really have any replay value. Like at the sure. end, I'm not going to spoil it, of course, but at the end they do give it where you could do it a, a, another way. Um, a bit of you a don't have to, everything. Yeah, but you don't have to replay the whole thing. You can just go to that one little act and replay oh, that okay. one little act. Yeah. So, so if I'm sitting there looking at the store on whatever platform I'm on and I see this thing for 40 bucks, are you, is your advice, buy it if you like Mortal Kombat. you're a hardcore fan like me, you don't buy it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I you am. Just wait until, you just wait until it's like 20 and under. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I love Mortal Kombat. I actually really love 11 and I think 40 is too much. Like, I'm going to wait. I, yeah. So. I mean, undoubtedly, I, I they will have some definitive edition. Yeah. Because I already had Xbox currency, and I, when I have Xbox currency, I'm not usually paying. That's like free money, man. Yeah. So free I didn't money. actually pay $40 of my money, but I still paid the $40 price tag for it. Okay. Um, okay. But I don't, I, I think overall it was good. But after I finished the story, I kind of went back in there and I just was like, uh, I don't really want to do anything else. Now, the other stuff you get with the expansion is free. See, if it was all bundled together, then I probably could justify the $40 price tag. But they actually oh. trying to promote it with free stuff. And they're like, There's an update the with free, free stuff. Okay. So they, they added friendships, which is pretty cool. They <laughs> added um, stage fatalities. There's only three of them, which is a little bit of a bummer. But at least they have them again. And then... Uh, Sweet. I think that's it. And then you have the three DLC characters in the story, the expansion. The story was good, though. It was worth playing through. Um, good cliffhanger? Or? Yeah, they did. Okay. It. They did a good okay. job. 
Okay. Uh, also, I want to say out of the the three characters, I didn't. I was kind of bummed by the three characters they picked. I'm not a big yeah. Sheep fan. I'm not a big uh, Fujin Fujin fan. And then Robocop. Robocop. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> that was. Although, I thought it was a joke when I first. Although thought it really in. cool that you can do Terminator versus Robocop. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. that's true. It's really cool many chances to do that. About that stuff. Yeah. But in like Mortal Kombat 10, they had like Alien versus Predator, and I didn't care about that either. Yeah, yeah. Or, I just uh, Jason like versus stuff. Freddy. Jason versus like, Freddy. The yeah. only time I like when they do that type of stuff is when it's Injustice games and they add Mortal Kombat characters. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Fan of both. In Mortal Kombat, like if they were to add Injustice characters, I'd be like awesome. But yeah. I don't care about Terminator. I don't care about Predator. I don't care about any of that See, stupid crap. I actually don't. I really, I'm, I'm, I actually was really annoyed that they added Joker in this one. Like you have the Injustice series, keep your DC characters over there. That to me was a waste of a spot. Like, well. I, it, yeah, I yeah. see your point, and that's the same thing everybody says when they add like Sub Zero and Scorpion to Injustice. But for yeah. at least on the Mortal Kombat side, Joker is like a perfect character for that, and you get to see him do fatalities. And I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I just, I don't know. I it, well, I think too because my so my wife likes playing Mortal Kombat, like, um, and her character is Melina, and mm-hmm. everyone has been furious about the whole like them not adding Melina. But there's there's a specific reason for it. Um, but it's like also it, it it's a dumb, goofy story. They could all, you know make it so she could be there and or just, just make her as an option in multiplayer mode, right? It doesn't right know. or literally yeah, it doesn't have to be like any sort of like oh well this is weird story wise. It's like just have yeah. her be in there. But it's like have her be an option for yeah for the yeah. pick up and play, but not in yeah the story. they're just like refusing to put her in there they actually even like condescendingly made a joke because apparently in this dlc um she's like it, it, part of one of the friendships i think i think it's like uh katana's friendship or something and everyone's like oh wait is she in the game and ed boon was like nah sorry guys dang so, yeah ed so boon. that's i finished that a couple weeks ago and then the only thing else that i wanted to talk about is um days gone uh, Days gone. I'm on round two. I kind of figured by this week I would be like, no, nah, I'm not really playing anymore. Nope, still playing. I'm actually yeah, in the game second. is so long. <laughs> I'm actually in the second area. Like I'm flying through this Jesus. thing. Um, I'm I'm skipping all the cutscenes and because sure. sure. I already know the so story. different from your first playthrough. <laughs> well, and or y'all, most playthroughs on my first playthrough that was the thing that I made fun of the most. I I hate the characters. I still hate them. Um, but man, do I, I, in fact, I was playing it today and I was like, man, I really wish Sony would announce like all of their, I wish all their games would come to PC. Cause I think this game would be amazing in PC. I'm waiting for horizon zero dawn. Like they said, summertime we're in freaking summertime. When are we going to get an announcement? But also I heard rumors that uh bloodborne remastered was supposed to to be announced for PC and stuff like that. But anyways, so as I was playing it, I was like, man, I would love to see this in like actual 4K running more frames per second. It's just a fun game to play. Like I, it's, I don't have to use my brain at all. And I love the world, like Oregon. I've always liked Oregon. That's where my family's, uh, my dad's family's from. And I just love uh, riding on the bike. 
Yep. And shooting up zombies or whatever they are. But it's it's just a fun game. There's not a lot of thought to it. I like the upgrading. Like I've almost fully maxed out the the main character. Is there a new game plus on this? Is that how you're playing? That's what I'm playing right now. Cool. That was nice. another reason why I wanted to do it. So I was like, man, I have all my weapons. Like, I have, like, level five weapons. So you start the game out with, like, level one. Okay. I have, okay. like, level five. So I'm, like, one-shotting these fools. The 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 gunplay, e- even with my character leveled pretty high up, it's still pretty terrible. Like, it's yeah. it's worse than The Last of Us. So that would be one of my things that I don't. I don't like, but... What about, like, compared to Just Cause, the gunplay? Do you remember how Just Cause plays? Just Cause is more, like, snap. Like, you hold the left trigger down, and it auto, like, snaps on the ground. a lot of auto-aiming. This game, like, I'll be, like... I'll have it where I'm... I know I'm pretty close to where the enemy is as far as camera, and then I'll do the whole snap thing, and I'll just out of, like you know, muscle memory, I'll right trigger it to shoot right away. And he's shooting like three feet away from him. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's frustrating. So it's it doesn't even snap that close to who you're trying to kill. You have to manual aim it, which, okay, in real life, you would have to manual aim it. But my point is, is like a video game should at least bring it close and then you just move it around. Yeah. It doesn't. Is there, there's no auto, uh, aim assist options in that game? There might be, I don't think i messed around with any of yeah, i wonder if that would improve the experience at all but i think there is but i could i could be yeah but it, to me it's it's a great game i think it's on sale for 15 bucks right now digital with days yeah. of play i think yeah. that sounds right yeah sony has a big old sale going i think actually sony and xbox both have big sales right now it's days of oh, play yeah. and then the unlocked sales they both have a ton of deals right now um, so it's totally worth 15. I, I paid... It's a huge game, and if you like the idea of a post-apocalyptic zombie world to explore, it's a lot of it's almost all outdoors settings, and if that's your thing, then I don't know why you wouldn't dive well, I in mean, at that For point. me, it's, it's like an open world The Last of Us. Is it as high quality? That's not what I'm no. saying. No. Right. But it's got that, the feel, vibes. that vibe to it. Yeah. And Honestly, I, if this weren't a first-party game from Sony, if this were like a, a smaller studio like published by Deep Silver or something, I'd probably give this game a lot more credit. But because it's it was one of the big Sony first-party games we've been waiting for for a long time, I had a hard time enjoying it. That's on me. That's was, my fault. I was going to say it was their first like big, big game because prior to that, they were, they were um, uh, PSP and Vita. Primarily. Totally. And that's yeah. a completely fair statement. Absolutely. But in my mind, for some reason, I was waiting for the next Horizon, yeah. Spider-Man, God of War, and we did not get that. No, Instead, we, we got what I think it's fair. And Derek saying he's saying it's great. I thought it was good. It's somewhere in that range, at least. Yeah. Though. So yeah. someone like me who didn't love it, but I put like 15 hours into it. So I played it. Yeah. Um, it's and I thought a really it, long game. It's like I thought it was hours. good. Yeah. I thought it was good. And Derek thinks it's great. So if you're listening to this, it's it's definitely worth 15 bucks or less or whatever it is and so Derek hates story but like as someone who doesn't um i think there are some moments that are genuinely like good moments good oh, okay. story moments good nice. character moments oh so. it's actually got a good story yeah i hate all the characters so imagine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. imagine if they could have made it where the characters were the dialogue the characters were acted well and and they had good characters. I think just the, in the first, just in the first hour, you can. I don't think there's anybody, or there's I'm sure a few 
rednecks out there that own a PS4. But like, there's only a few people in this world that would be like, you know what? I really like Boozer. That's a great guy. <laughs> like, hey, I was waiting to see where you were going with the rednecks of the PS4. I was like, why would anybody like Boozer? Dude, I yeah. love Boozer. That guy, ha- he has a rough go at it. Come on. Yeah, he's, he's some, okay. He's okay. <laughs> All right, well, one of the things that I tried this week, but I didn't play very much of it because I don't like the direction it went, and it was uh, the DLC expansion for Mafia 2 because I, fin- I did finish the main game and really enjoyed it. But if you played Mafia 2, you know the way it ends, it doesn't really have a satisfying conclusion unless down the road you eventually play Mafia 3. You get to kind of see the end of or at least the the wrap-up of Vito and and you hear about um, Joe. So you, you kind of get to see how those things play out in Mafia 3. That being said, Mafia 2 has two story DLCs, or so I thought. I wouldn't really describe them as story DLCs. I would describe them as uh, mission DLCs, where they put you out in that open world of Mafia 2, and they actually make it feel a little more like an open world. Not a lot, but you've got a few different missions to choose from. But what I'm learning is it's basically a series of you know 15 to 20 missions, something like that. There's no cutscenes really. I think there's one towards the beginning. That's about it. Everything is just a little image pops up that shows you the guy who's given the job, and then there's the description of what the mission is. Go and take out these stores owned by this other gang, and then you go do that. And that's it. Like you're just making money. You're finishing missions. You're stealing cars. You're doing. And there's not really a whole lot of mafia two feel to it. It just kind of feels like. If I were to dive back into the game and they added a bunch of side missions, that's kind of what it feels like. And you're controlling actually, a, a different character named Jimmy now. I actually booted it up because I just wanted to see what it was like because you described it as different from the yeah, the main it is story. different. Yeah, and that 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 was it felt like almost like I was playing a a, a GTA type game. Yeah, a little more open world. They still limit it though. Like you have to complete certain missions before they open up the next wave of of these these missions that they give to Jimmy. Um, But it's still fun. They add a few dynamic elements to it. I think the missions were actually a little bit more unique. Uh, Like you go into it, like the idea is you have to quickly drive. You have a time limit now on a lot of missions. There's actually a little clock in the corner, so you have to do it quickly. There's a point system that you can then earn money and stuff by finishing it quickly and doing really well. You go and shoot up shops, or you go steal a car that's got a bomb in it and deliver it without crashing it. Otherwise, you blow up. There's a lot of really creative stuff they've thrown in there. But... um, so if you have Ma- the Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, you have this. It's available from the main menu, so you can fire it up. So, But I don't necessarily recommend it unless you loved the gameplay of Mafia 2 and just can't get enough. Great, dive back in with these two expansion packs. But it didn't hold my attention very long. But another DLC for a different game that I am spending a lot of time in this week is the Assassin's Creed Odyssey Fate of Atlantis DLC. I, I gotta be honest, I started the first uh, episode and there's a series of missions that are still in the main world of Greece. Mm. And you it jumps back and forth to modern day a lot. So Derek, if you haven't played that, you might like that yeah. piece. There's a lot of modern day connection. So oh, yeah. at first at first I thought Fate of Atlantis is gonna be do you ever see that movie Frequency with Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel where yeah. it's a father and son talking over this ham radio that can connect it's like a time travel communication thing they're doing. So basically the son in the future is communicating back to the dad in the past. Oh, and okay. and uh, so anyway, there's some creative stuff they do with that. It's a little silly, but I liked that movie. That's so cool. I thought that was going to happen here because you have the one of the precursor ladies. Her name is Alethea. She's kind of like this god or she was one of the precursors yeah, yeah. in the Assassin's Creed lore. And she can talk directly to you, Amalexios or Cassandra, whichever character you picked. And she can talk mm-hmm. directly to Layla, 
who is the modern day girl who's been oh. kind of experiencing your story. So she's talking to both of you and she has Alexios go do something. And then that information gets passed to Layla. And then you actually control her and go explore these tombs to try to find this symbol. So at first I thought, interesting. Fate of Atlantis hmm. is, I guess, a little bit more exploration with modern day. Totally wrong. After you do a series of those missions, you actually get transported to Elysium, which is essentially the afterlife of the Greek god world, essentially. And it's a whole new area. It's about the size of one of the larger areas on the main Greek map. So if you look at like, you know how there's these countries, basically, they each have regions within them. It's basically the size of one of those large countries. It's in a circle shape. And uh, the goddess Persephone, who's the wife of Hades, is the one who runs it. And she comes off as the bad guy at first. I don't know if she is the bad guy or not. But, dude, the colors pop. It looks gorgeous. Like, it's a really pretty area that they've introduced. New enemies. They actually have the ability to attack your uh, your adrenaline meter now. So you, it'll limit the special moves you do if you're not careful. So they, they really added some, I think, some really cool elements to the gameplay. And, boy, does it look good. It looks really good. I'll have so. to check it out. I still am in the third chapter of the other DLC. I haven't gone back to it in like a month. Yeah. Yeah, the other one has a really satisfying story. This one so far, the story, I'm like, eh, I don't really care that much. Like, I don't care about this story. But, but like, the, vis- the visuals and gameplay, awesome. Are you fighting, like, not non-human characters? Like, because that's... Yeah, it is like fighting. So you're still fighting soldier type characters, but most yeah. of them are some kind of spirit version of soldiers. Huh. So like they have glowing eyes and they can do it. Like there's there's one enemy called Colossi or Colossi, and they're actually statues. And as long as you don't do any violent acts around them, they'll stay statues. So if you just huh. continue to sneak around and do your more assassin approach, they'll stay still. They'll stay out of your way. So but as soon as you open up combat, they jump in the fray and they are really tough. They're made out of metal. And they're hard to beat, and they can tra- they can teleport. They can teleport all around you and shoot wow. you with these laser beams and stuff. So it get, the the combat's much different. I think it encourages a lot more stealth, which yeah. I've enjoyed. Um, and there also are some ways to power up your moves. You get a new spear, that um, that spear of I forget what it's called, but it's the one that your that that Pythagoras had. It's yeah, that yeah. spear that he had. And so now in this new world of Elysium, you're trying to find these four shrines to power that up and what that does is you can go into existing abilities and there's a handful of them that you can now supercharge so for example um there's a special arrow move that used to allow you to aim up in the air and you pick one little spot on the ground and you can rain down arrows in that one spot well now that that move gets supercharged and actually you just shoot straight up in the air you don't have to aim anything it'll just hit everyone within a certain number of meters with you sweet with the rain of arrows so it just supercharges that move to something much cooler so i find that interesting though because this yeah. is like the first this would be the first like instance of them introducing anything sort of supernatural esque right in, well in the no they, they Creed lore. No, they did right. it in Origins too, although did that they? was explained away a little bit. And in this yeah. one, you do you, in uh, Odyssey there are how many are there, Derek? Are there four kind of like mythical creatures you fight? I think. Yeah. Okay. So there are actually mythical creatures in Greece that you can track down and fight. Um, but you're going to this afterworld, game. which is yeah. Like, in this one, it's like oh, not this real. Is, like. Right. You could, there's yeah. actually a portal. They do make it super easy, by the way, to transfer back and forth between Greece yeah. and Elysium, which is awesome. You can quickly transport back and forth. Okay. Um, so I'm really I'm really digging it. I like what they did here. Uh, one of the other moves they supercharged was uh, when you're – basically you can freeze time. There's a move on, under the assassin tree where you can slow everything down around you for a certain amount of time. Well, now that's been powered up to the point where not only can you slow everything down around you – but now you get up to, I think it's five headshots with arrows that'll add two and a half seconds onto that timer 
So if you can just pull out your arrow while the time's slowed and just start hitting headshots, you yeah. can do that for almost 15 seconds. It's pretty cool. Pretty so, cool. yeah, I'm really digging that. And uh, there's one on this list here that I didn't recognize. I'm assuming, Dan, this is you. Tell me about uh, Chris Tales' demo. Yeah, Chris Tales. So I, I, I did a thing, guys. I, uh, I created my first Steam account. Yeah, that's right. that's right. I'm playing a PC demo. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Um. So I I actually when I was scrolling through Facebook, I saw the trailer uh, for this game, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that a while back. Um. And it looked really really cool. That's actually no one can see right now other than you two. The background I have behind me, um, that's the art style of it. So it's like this really nice hand drawn art style. Um. The way you navigate through the town is actually kind of similar to the um that Yoshi Switch game. So like almost kind of has like a pop-up book sort oh, okay. of uh, feel to it. So you can go to the background, foreground, left, right. Yep. Um, so that's how you navigate through the the town. Um, yep. But yeah, it's uh, it's coming out on PC, but it's also pretty much coming out on everything. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a JRPG, and they're taking a lot of inspiration of uh, old JRPGs. Uh, Chrono Trigger is a big inspiration apparently, because um, time manipulation is a big thing in the game. So. You don't see it in this image, but essentially once your main character, uh, Chris Bell, uh, her time mage abilities are awoken, um, you'll see – so like a sort of a, a V pops up on the screen. So in the middle, in the current present time is the middle, and then to the left is the past, and then to the right is the future. So as you're moving around the town, you're seeing the different um, sort of – things happening in each section of the screen as you're moving your character around so like oh geez um is it like the way in the past and the future it doesn't specify i guess okay. time wise but like so like when i was running around the town once that happened once her powers were awoken um i saw like an old man sitting in a chair in present time um and then like if you look in the future so if you kind of go over like to the left where he would be in the future section he's just not there anymore because well he's he old in present time so he's he's yeah, yeah so he's dead um so basically i think and i haven't gotten too far into the demo um I, essentially it's going to kind of play into sort of like almost like puzzle quests where like you're trying to use information from the past to deal with stuff in the present that's affecting the future um but then it's an RPG, so there's combat. It actually plays very similar to Super Mario RPG. Oh, um, nice. So when you do an attack, if you time it right, you hit the button again to do like a second slash. Okay. Um, and same with uh, defensive moves. So same with Super Mario RPG, you could press that button again and defend for uh, less damage. I like that. So the combat, yeah, combat's very similar to um, Super Mario RPG. That was so, yeah, the very, a very nice way to keep you engaged with a yeah. turn-based system, you know? Is that I always loved the combat in that, and then um, I don't know if you remember Legend of Dragoon. I do. The play, PlayStation One game. I loved yep. that combat because like that, you really had to pay attention because you actually, for the actual maximum damage, you had to hit the button at the right moments. Yep. Now, if there's a so, game that they're ever gonna remake, that's one because the graphics do yeah. not hold up anymore. Well, what is it? Blue? Is it Blue Point Games? I think for, so. For like how many years now they've been like we're we're remaking something guys we're remaking something and they just will not. Could be that it. that game was pretty massive. <laughs> well, there's that. been rumors of either the, either that because they they released some sort of tweet like a, a while back that like they kind of were alluding the words that they were using were alluding to maybe that game but also I think Demon Souls. Oh, okay. So people have, okay. either, have been bouncing between the two. They're either doing both or they're doing one of those. Well, Derek, you're a Souls guy. Would you replay a Demon Souls remaster, remake, whatever? Demon Souls? Yeah. 
probably just because I didn't I didn't play it. Yeah. So you'd, you'd give it a shot if they were to re-release that in some way. Yeah, but I don't think I I wouldn't be hyped for it because Dark Souls Remastered came out and I've played I've played Dark Souls like four or five times. I've gotten past like the first three bosses and then I always quit. I just there's something about the Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. I I feel like they're so slow and janky compared to like Dark Souls 3, obviously Bloodborne, Neo, all those. The games have progressed too much that going back to those type of games are trash. And I think Demon Souls would be the same thing. It would be like, ugh, gross. But if they remake it, though, they could remake it to play like 3. Yeah, they could. Which would be faster. But so. they wouldn't because they would be messing they would, with yeah, they'd probably people's keep it. nostalgia. Yeah. Sure, sure. There are probably folks who are like, oh, the new games are all too fast. That's not as fun. Yeah. Um, those, those people are idiots. They are. But yeah, it looks really cool. It doesn't have an official release date. They're just saying uh, this year. Um, okay. But yeah, if you're into nice. RPGs, I, I think it's definitely worth checking out. It uh, seems pretty cool. So, nice. Yeah. And the demo's on Steam, so it's free to give it a shot. And um, um, was it before we move, move yeah. on, I yeah. did... Oh, Tim, you haven't done your games yet. I just wanted to throw out... Go for it. I didn't know this. Like, I knew Fable Anniversary was like xbox x enhanced i didn't know fable 2 and fable 3 were so i actually jumped back into fable 2 which is the best one i think yes and i i was like i was like when i first went into it i didn't know it was xbox enhanced and i'm like is, does this look like this looks too good to be like <laughs> just a 360 is this how it looked yeah. And then I went and I got out and I checked in the Microsoft store. I checked Fable 2 and 3 and I was like, oh, when did they do this? They must have done this a little Is while Is it Xbox back. One X enhanced? Like it's actually yeah. enhanced with X? Oh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah, Fable 2, I think, especially gameplay-wise, but it sounds like visual-wise too. Um, so fun. I really love that. It's very simple but fun gameplay. I love Fable games. Yeah, so I, I actually pl- played about an hour tonight. I don't know if I'll keep playing it, but it was it was a nice return to something that I, I used to love. That's awesome. Well, I was uh, speaking of Xbox, I was on uh, Game Pass just flipping through some stuff that I had downloaded because I wanted to at least try it. And I did try out uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill. Um, just to give you my quick take on it, if you are at all interested in arcade-style um, kind of time-based biking games, and that's exactly what this is. And by the way, the visuals look, at a glance, it's like, oh, this is some dumb, blocky, polygon style, no thanks. But once you see it in action, I think the animations and visuals look really cool. It's almost like watching someone have built this by paper and they've animated it going down. It looks really, really good, the way that they did the visuals on it. Um, I know it's on other platforms too, but I'm playing it on the on the One X since it's free on Game Pass. Um, but anyway, it's arcade style. You can unlock bikes. You unlock all kinds of stuff um, as you complete things. Under There's all kinds of challenges, too, like complete the course with only crashing five times or whatever. So um, pretty fun. Again, not something I'm going to spend a ton of time in, but I thought I'd give it a whirl. And if you like arcade style, time-based, time trial type, um, not really a racing game, but I guess it's a racing game, then give it a shot. I was going to say, pretty what's fun. that Ubisoft game with the dirt bikes? Are the trials games? Yeah, is it like that or? Not really. I mean, it is in the fact that if you crash, you quickly reload your last checkpoint and keep trying. Okay. So it is like that, but it doesn't play like those at all. It's okay. it's more in an isometric environment, and you can pick if you want to control based on your character's perspective, where right would be their right, 
or if you want to control it actually right at the beginning or do you want to control it based on your perspective where you okay. actually so anyway i tried both control schemes and i like it i think it's pretty good pretty creative little game and it has amazing metacritic reviews so apparently the folks who like it really like it um the only other one i want to mention real quick i've continued to play and i'm almost to the end of man eater i shouldn't say almost to the end i'm probably like three-fourths of the way through it um dude this game is what derek described from days gone that's how i would describe this game too where it's surprisingly good like it has no business to be this good it's from a developer that no one is looking forward to the what's the next tripwire game there's not a whole lot of people that are looking for the 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 devs of killing floor and killing floor 2 what's the next thing they're going to make you can't wait for it not that those are bad games it's just they don't have that big of a following that I'm aware of at least. Mm. And when deep silver publishes a game, it's hit or miss, you know? So um, I think this game is fantastic. It has its fair share of glitches for sure. I actually lost a few hours of progress when one of my saves messed up because wow. I, it has to do, and it's a fix they're rolling out this weekend, but it has to do with switching controllers. Cause one of them ran out of battery. So I plugged it in, fired up my other one. Seriously. And then played with that. And I played and it seemed to progress fine. And then I put it in sleep mode, woke it back up, and it had forgotten everything I had accomplished. So that was really frustrating. To their yeah. credit, though, they've been all over it, and they're rolling out a fix for it uh, right now. Anyway, Maneater is a lot of fun. It's ridiculous because your shark gets absolutely massive. You go from a pup to a teen to an adult to an elder to mega um, to the point where you're like 30 feet long. And you're taking on orcas and all kinds of stuff. Like I'm chomping up great white sharks like they're tiny fish. It's fantastic. So I'm having a blast. You also can equip it with all kinds of upgrades like bioelectric teeth and bone armor and stuff to shock or poison enemies around you when you dodge. Listen, the combat's pretty straightforward. When you're attacking boats, there's two or three moves you do that work every time and you can take them down. But it's so fun to take down these boats full of hunters that are all aiming at you and you smash their boats to bits and then they're all flailing in the water and you just chomp them up. I don't, I don't know why that's so fun. It just is. And then when a shark attacks or another fish of any kind attacks you, you know, swordfish or great white or orca or something, it's typically the same thing. You wait for them to charge, you dodge out of the way, and they're stunned for a second, and then you can go in for the attack. It's pretty much the same. It's very repetitive. So I don't want to oversell it. Um, it's just fun to explore and to be a badass shark. Um, it's a unique concept. It is. And it's yeah. it's like 40 bucks, I think. I think if the concept intrigues you and you think you'd have fun with it, 40 bucks is, in my opinion, totally worth it. That being said, this game to me is a great candidate for a either free or super discounted type access, whether it's going to be through Game Pass some at some point or some giant sale later this summer or in the fall. So I'm not recommending everyone go buy it right away. But it, once you see it for cheap or free, it's a really fun kind of like Derek said, you don't have to use a lot of thinking for this. You can just kind of explore around. By the way, it's funny. It's surprisingly funny. The whole concept is it's a reality show, and they're following you as well as this uh, shark hunter named Scaly Pete. They're following you around with cameras. And so Chris Parnell from SNL does all of the narrating, and it's really funny and sarcastic and very dry humor and very dark, and I love it. I, I really like it. Seems cool. Right. Did you like it? Uh, I love it, and I like it. All right. Um, let's talk about a few headlines before we dive into – Last of did Us. You guys, did you guys, I'm oh, sorry, did you guys know that Bioshock Collection got like a 4K patch for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I when they launched, I don't know if the other games did too, but when they launched, when 2K launched all those games on the Switch, 
they patched in a 4K patch for the Bioshock collection. So it's rubbing it in Switch's face. Interesting. <laughs> All right, that's cool to know because we, thanks to you, Derek, I've got access to uh, to those games. I kind of wish they would. I kind of think it would be cool if they uh, remade the first Bioshock. Just the the um, environment is so uniquely haunting and and cool. I don't know if I need to remake it. I think it still looks good. But I mean, imagine if like with like today's like graphics and and that you know a newer engine like playing that. Yeah, it would just. I think what they should do because I heard they were making another one. I think they should just return to the setting of yeah the first one. Yeah, or infinite. I wouldn't mind more. Uh, There's always a lighthouse, guys. It goes oh, everywhere. That's that's the point. Like they could totally remake the sure. first one, but do it differently. It's true. All right, we're gonna talk a few headlines before all three of us get real weepy and cry over the Last of Us uh, conversation. Um, so there are actually some headlines this week. It's been an interesting week. Uh, the combo of headlines that are out there, and I might have missed some, but here's what I know of. Uh, first of all, THQ Nordic is re-releasing Kingdoms of Amalur, and they're going to call it Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Re-Reckoning, because before it was just Reckoning. It's Amalur, Tim. Amalur. Re-Re-Reckoning. Amalur. It's coming to PC, Xbox, and PS4 for sure. Um, and then the updated version, of course, is going to have improved visuals, refined gameplay, all the DLC. I'm all guessing stuff. the PC version will be free. If you are the owner, like a free upgrade. Okay. Yeah. I have an important question: Is Kurt Schilling an unlockable character in this? Yes. Okay. He's the closer at the very end. Of <laughs> okay. Gosh. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. It wouldn't be Amler without Kurt Schilling. All right. Yep. Um, I'm gonna keep saying Amler. Uh, of course. To no way, surprise, I think that game is amazing. I know a lot of people love it. I feel oh, like it was ahead of its time. Like I think if people go and play it, they'll be like. You could do this. This was this awesome. Like the combat was for what they were trying to make, like this uh, kind of not open world, but like open area RPG. So kind of your Bioware type game. But the combat was way better than anything Bioware or any of those other companies had ever touched. It was God of War style uh, combat. It was really good. I mean, it came out we're over eight years ago now. And yeah. it's going to come out on August 11th. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm looking forward to uh, to trying that one out when Derek inevitably buys it and I get to play it. Unless he just gets it on PC, then I'm screwed. Um, Maybe. <laughs> all right. And then, of course, to no surprise, several games and companies have delayed, whether it's events or whatever. But a lot of games have delayed their expansions and, and updates like Borderlands 3, Fortnite, Final Fantasy 14, and others. Uh, it's no surprise. It's... You know, it's easy to be cynical about companies putting out statements of here's where we stand on cultural issues. I, I will always kind of mock that because it sounds and feels very fake. It doesn't feel very personal. But it does make sense when companies decide to get out of the way of huge cultural moments. It's, yeah. I think, both a smart business move and a good PR move to go ahead and move the thing you're trying to – because when you're trying to promote something – yeah. Whether whether you're a nonprofit asking for fundraising or a business asking you to buy their product, when you're promoting during really sensitive cultural times, it, it's it can be a really bad move. So yeah, people get so pissed off that they're like, oh, I need a distraction right now. It's like just for a second, just be a, like, a person. But just... that's the thing. Like if they would have like done the show, if they would have released product, people would be complaining about that. Too. Right. It's, well, it doesn't matter be what you do. Yeah. 
It's a lose lose, but I think for the most part, you're still gonna the customers who are annoyed that you're making them wait, they're still gonna be your customers on the other side yeah. of this thing. It's so, a small amount. They'll, I think so. Yeah. I think so too. Um, here's one that's interesting. I didn't know that Sega was doing this. Uh, if you care, if you're a Game Gear person, for those of you Sega heads out there, mm-hmm. Sega Game Gear to celebrate their 30th anniversary this fall, they're gonna release the Sega Game Gear Micro console. So when I first heard about this, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. You get a bunch of Game Gear games all in one collection. Not so fast, unless they decide to change their plan. Right now, they've got four different colors and models of this thing coming out, and each one has four games on it. Seriously, that's it? (laughs) So there's 16 total games, but they're split up between four different consoles. How many batteries does it need, Tim? (laughs) Probably six each. Yeah. Um, But... It's a weird approach, I think. They do apparently have some bundle plan where if you want to get all four consoles together, you can get them for cheaper in like one package where you get all the different colors. But I don't know. It's a, it's a little interesting. Go look up the games if you're interested. They do seem to have, like the yellow one, for example, seem to be more RPG-centric with stuff like Shining Wait, Force. Wait, so each one is different games? Different games. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so basically, here, here it, it, it's a complete ripoff. So it's $50 per console. Sure. Yep. Four games on each one. So if you want all four individually, it's two hundred bucks for sixteen games. Sixteen old ass. Although I do think they are they're planning on bundling them, but I can't imagine it's going to be much less than two hundred. Maybe like one fifty for all four. I mean, release multiple colors. They all should have the games together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And especially, it's funny that it's coming out this way. They're putting four Game Gear games on here. We just heard the news come out, and I don't know why someone did this, but. They confirmed that a single Switch cartridge could hold the entire N64 library on it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, don't pretend like you couldn't have fit all no. the Game Gear games on here yeah. that you yeah. wanted to. So, yeah. anyway, whatever. Uh, if you're a Sega head, the, the idea of it's cool. Although I did watch a little YouTube clip of it this week, and actually it was earlier today I watched it, and it looks hilariously small. This Game Gear Micro, it doesn't look like something that I would want to spend a lot of time playing on, but. We digress. Um, but that is happening if you're into it. For Microsoft, the only thing I could find, and Derek, you might have other stuff, was No Man's Sky coming to Game Pass. Apparently, sometime. Are we really going to even talk about that? Do not. I mean, come on, Sony. You're what letting, a trash you're letting game. them slip through. <laughs> what a trash game. You're letting your good game slip through to Xbox. <sighs> come on. You said good game. <laughs> hey, you haven't played it in a while. Neither well, listen. I think compared to the only Sony news I could find, that's actually good news. Because the only Sony news I could find was that uh, Sony delayed their uh, PS5 conference. Again, we talked about how that's probably a good move. They delayed it from this past Thursday till unknown. I'm going to guess they're going to do it in two weeks. If I had to guess, I would say it's going to be on the 18th. It'll be a Thursday again. That's my guess. So speaking of Xbox, I did watch a review for uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, I think it was IGN did a re-review of it. Oh, like an update. Because they were like, hey, you know, when this game came out two years ago, it was bare bones. It was still pretty cool, but it was kind of, there was nothing. They kind of made me want to play the game. They were like talking about how great it is now, how much stuff there is, and that if you want a challenge, you can, you can put up these flags or whatever that basically there's like tiers or whatever. And if you're like a tier five, it alerts all the other players in the world because if you have that flag or whatever your values like when you trade in valuables you get a multiplier so yeah, it'd be but like you become a target to other players so you're putting almost like a bounty on your own head. 
You are. You're making it more enticing for other players yeah. to be incentivized to come gang up on you and try to take you down and steal your stuff. That's pretty cool. But you get a better reward on the other side. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think friends like Nate Bacon and others still play it from time to time. Um, yeah. I've always liked Sea of Thieves. I know people like the crap on it, but I always liked that game. I mean, legitimately, though, like, I know Derek hates No Man's Trash, as he calls it, but uh, it, it's gotten, like, significant updates. It, it actually looks I, – I traded my copy in a while ago, but it looks yeah. legitimately cool. So. They updated it quite a bit, too. I think the same thing as Sea of Thieves. It was met with mediocre and sometimes total trash reviews, but over time they've added a lot to it. And if you stuck with it or if you go back to it now, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Not with the experience, but anyway. Um, all right, and of course we just mentioned Sony. The only news I know of, Dan, unless you've got something else, is that the presentation uh, was delayed. And they stayed pretty quiet, which is, again, probably pretty smart. And per Twitter, um, this is obviously terrible, and everyone's furious, and just it's terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. So whatever Twitter says goes. So, you know. Yeah. You absolutely. need to stay off Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, <laughs> dude, Twitter's a cesspool. Every time I go on Twitter, even if I'm trying to just – get an idea of what's going on culturally and news-wise. Just get, get an eye on what's going on in the feed. It's just people lecturing the world. I kind of just me. laugh, to be honest. It's it, To so me, I find it a little humorous because it's like, these people exist. Like, yeah. That's a thing. They definitely do. Well, hey, listen, uh, Nintendo has a few different pieces, and they're not all positive. The first one is definitely not positive, and that is uh, that Outer Worlds is out on Switch. And listen, I'll be the first one to say I think it's awesome that companies are bothering to port current gen high quality huge awesome games over to the switch i think it's fantastic and i bet in handheld mode from what i've read you can have a really good experience with this game here's the problem if you have any other platform that this plays on it's gonna look like multiple times better this isn't the same thing as something like the witcher where i think especially on handheld mode you can make an argument that Unless you're looking closely, you might not see all the differences. It looks really good. Like they did a good job with the motion and the textures and all that. But with this one, the, every screenshot I've seen and the breakdowns I've watched, and not just Digital Foundry where people are like, well, if it's just frames per second, who cares? That's a big part of it, but that's not all. The resolution's bad. The texture mapping is poor. The, thing, the rate of pop-in is really bad. And then just the overall, if you're just in the outer world, one of the big parts of that game, I think, is how cool the visuals are and how much the colors pop. This yeah. is still colorful, but it's everything's much flatter and much more still. It just doesn't mm. look as good. So I think it, this was this more so than any other Switch port. It, the only reason I would ha suggest to have this to buy this on Switch is if you can't play it anywhere else for whatever reason, or if you already own it somewhere else and it's just your favorite game and you love it so much and you want to take it on the go. I think it totally makes sense to go ahead and buy it, as as long as you're cool with it not looking as good. Uh, the reviews are not great. It's a on an average, it's about 14 to 15 points Metacritic average less than all the other consoles, which were in the mm -hmm. low to mid 80s, and on the Switch it's just below 70. It's so, pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. So it's worth it's noting. Bad. Yeah. It's worth Hey, it's nice. worth noting that uh, it's just not as good, but that's no surprise. It's one of those things where it's, yeah, and water is wet. We get it. Like, it doesn't look as good on Switch. But I do think this one's a little bit more of a stark contrast compared to some of the other uh, ports that have come out. Um, one thing I thought was cool, that just recently I was looking on the Nintendo eShop, and I didn't know they did this, but I guess in a recent update, might have been a few weeks ago, I don't know. Um, they quietly added some new sort and filter features to the eShop. Now, don't get me wrong. They should have done this when the eShop launched. Like, sort and filter should have been built out from yeah. the get-go. 
But when you go to – and I love going to the eShop and seeing what's on sale because you can get really good sales on stuff you've been waiting for for a while. And now you can actually see the total count of items within each list that you're looking at, and you can sort or filter it by stuff, by genre or by rating or by you know, price, all that kind of stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. Making it's the eShop a little things. bit better. Yep. And the last but not least, uh, June 17th is when the first major DLC for Pokemon – is going to hit. They're going to add 200 old Pokemon in. So those of you who are really upset you didn't get all your old Pokies, uh, you'll get some of them back at least. And from what I can tell, it looks like a whole new area to explore, new storyline, yes. new characters, all that stuff. Yes, and, and a bunch of new play, gameplay features as well. I think one or two new legendaries. I know I know they're supposed to be... Yeah. Well, some of the old legendary. ones they're adding in are going to be legendaries as well. They're adding yeah, in. Yeah. 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 yeah, the three legendary birds. Yep. yep. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm actually on the verge of I'm trying to track down copies of Sword and Shield for my twins. Uh, they're both, they've been playing Pokemon cards a lot more recently. They're just uh, like us when it, like we, as we talk about video games and circling back to old games, like, Oh, I forgot how yeah, much yeah. I love this thing. They do the same thing. Like they'll go on a big Minecraft kick okay. and then they're like, Oh yeah, we love Fortnite. Then they'll play Fortnite for weeks. <laughs> well, now they're circling back to Pokemon and they've been trying to find their sun and moon games on the DS and they can't find them. They're lost uh, somewhere in the house. Sure. Um, plus, they've already beaten those games. I'm like, well, it'd be cool to get them Sword and Shield because they both have Switches now. Yeah. Um, but th those games aren't on sale. The Pokemon never goes on sale. It's always sixty bucks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I digress. All right, we are gonna take time now to dive in to The Last of Us. Um, are you guys mentally and emotionally prepared for this? I mean, Derek's not. He's very emotional. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Of course, last week we talked about the first four chapters up through when they, when Ellie and Joel leave Bill's town and head out for Pittsburgh. And we kind of talked about how the game is set up and, and what parts hold up, what parts don't. And so we'll continue that conversation now as Joel and Ellie head into Pittsburgh. And I really like even the, the transition. I know, that, I know it's cutscenes, so I hope mm -hmm. this isn't too blasphemous to say I really enjoyed this cutscene. But I loved the interaction between Joel and Ellie on their road trip as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, even where she's joke, she finds like some porno magazine and like. Well, jokes. she took some of the um the magazine or like the comics or like some sort of magazines from Bill's place because she was yeah. rummaging through them and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you yeah. looking at?" And she's like, "Nothing. I'm not doing anything." So she stole some. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that kind of confirms what we talked about with Bill and Frank. You know, were yep. they an item? And I totally oh, think yeah, they yeah, were yeah. because Bill's. I think Bill's a gay dude, and that's. That's fine. He's not. A, he's definitely not a flaming gay guy. He's just a normal gay dude. Yeah. Um, but the magazine she grabbed, one of the magazines she steals from him is a gay porno mag. And so she's yep. jokingly looking at those and Joel's getting very uncomfortable. I thought that was really funny. Um, he's like, wait, hold on. Why are you looking at it? She's like, I'm just effing with you. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, well, she says something at one point. She's like, ew, why are these pages all stuck together? He's yeah, like, what? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm kidding. And she throws it out the window. Yeah. Uh. So I, I like that. I like that she – Derek, you talked about this last time, um, and you brought up a really good point, and it actually made me rethink my original statement about, like, everyone's way too serious. I think they did a perfect job in an incredibly depressing environment and setting and world that they've created. They did a perfect job of allowing us to have moments of levity, and Ellie is a big source of that. And oh, I, yeah. I just – she's so great. She's yeah. really, really great. Yeah, she is. Um, all right, so they arrive in Pittsburgh. What do you guys think about how they did the whole ambush thing? They kind of introduce us to a whole new threat. At first, the threat is just trying to survive. There's clickers and and monster-type creatures everywhere. And there's some humans you had to fight off, but for the most part, not, a, not as much in the first section. Well, now in Pittsburgh, I think we get several chapters in a row where the main enemy 
is going to be human. So what do you guys think about that whole ambush thing at the beginning? It's one of my favorites. Like that, just that one moment. And I think we were discussing that after we finished recording last time, how like Ellie's like, oh, let's let's help out that guy. He's, he seems like he's injured or something. And he's just like putting on his seatbelt as she's saying it. She's, yeah. And he's like, Ellie, put on your seatbelt. And she's like, what, what's happening? And he just guns it right at the dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's yeah. not even injured. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that line. He's not even hurt. And then he yeah. just floors it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the dude just starts firing at them because mm-hmm. he wasn't injured. So. Right. Right. And, of course, it turns out to be a great move because they were totally going to kill them and then essentially strip them for parts, right? Because you, yep. you do find the, the little garage where they – Take yeah. off all of their clothes, remove all their belongings, and then chop them up, essentially. Yep. And yeah, they, there's actually a document you find of like them like keeping track um, of their inventory, so to speak, of, yeah. of what they've looted. Like, yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this though, just hypothetical: if our world were to go down this route of apocalyptic type thing, we're getting. Do you think that? Do you think that's real? Like that kind of thing would happen, or has that just been? Oh yeah. Laid out no, so absolutely. much. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, not to obviously just immediately dive into what's happening right now and stay there, but like people looting stores as if that's helping anybody or anything like people just start doing that because they think that's okay and it's not. So there are people that have no moral compass. They just do whatever they want. So I also think there's a an element of excitement and a rush that comes with that, too. I think you get that taste of of getting away with something you know is wrong. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're doing what these guys in this video game in Pittsburgh are doing. That is trying to trick these poor hapless travelers into trusting you so you can kill them and take their stuff. Uh, Of course. And then Joel and Ellie now have to make their way through Pittsburgh, trying to find Tommy and the fireflies. And um, one of the things I really liked uh, in this was that, I don't remember encountering hardly any clickers here. And when you did, it was very short little moments. There weren't a lot of mushroom people to deal with here. It was mostly battling the environment and battling yeah. Uh, humans. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, so let me ask you guys this. Are you primarily stealth game players through this playthrough of Last of Us, or are you guns out, guns a-blazing? I'm kind of in the same camp that Derek mentioned last time a lot of his stuff was upgraded. Because I I've, I think this is either my fifth or sixth playthrough as well. So a lot of my stuff is pretty much, or pretty much everything is upgraded. So I, I am stealthing a bit, but then like if I do get caught, I'm just like, all right, I'm just blowing everyone's head off. So Yeah. yeah. And Derek, you're still just opening fire in most areas, or what are you doing? I mean, I probably how Dan playing it. Like, if I can do stealth, I do it. But if I get caught, doesn't yeah. matter. Again, the stealth I have is... a bunch of ammo. I have every weapon. I have yeah. every... The, the stealth really is not great like it's not it, it, there's the only indication you get is literally just a sound that sort of gets louder as an enemy approaches and if you're like in pulsating their, or something almost, yeah. yeah and like mm-hmm. if you're in their in their view as you get closer into their view that it gets like louder and it's like that's the only indication and it, i don't know I, I i prefer a combination of maybe that and like some some sort of visual kind of like with metal gear right they, yeah. an exclamation point pops over the head or yeah. something so. or games like assassin's creed that have like a little a, meter. a little arrow and a meter starts to fill up and then it turns yeah. yellow and then it turns red yeah 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 so i'm going mostly stealth um but i'm also bypassing a ton of enemies and i know yeah. that i'm missing some 
so there are certain rooms that you can only get into if you're willing to sacrifice a shiv, which are especially before you upgrade everything, those things are gold. Like you yep. need shivs, especially if a clicker gets a hold of you. Um, so, but anyway, there's a bunch of those that I know I bypassed because, so for example, there's one section when right after you climb over a bus and there's kind of this big build, there's a kind of an open plaza area where they, there was some kind of army depot set up and then a yep. big building to your right. And your goal is to get up to the second floor of that building and then out through the window. You're trying to yep. get through the space and there's a ton of enemies there. And you can choose to just open fire and engage and run around, try to take them out. You can choose to sneak through and try to knock them out one at a time, or you can do what I did. And I really just killed one guy and it was the guy by that final door. I just hit him real quick with an arrow. Cause we just snuck our way through there. Went and jumped yeah. in the window, went upstairs, shot the guy with an arrow, ran out the back and I was done with that section. Yeah, yeah. Part of me was like, oh, I just missed a whole bunch of stuff back there. You know, tons of supplies and, you know, maybe some pills that you can use to then up the, the, the stem pills you can use to upgrade your, your yeah. abilities. But then I also thought, yeah, but now I'm already onto the next section. So exactly. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving here. But it's cool um, that it's open like that. That Essentially, there's three different possibilities there, right? Right. So that approach is, is cool to kind of allow you to have that room to, to do how, you know, to approach it how you want to. So it is really satisfying to successfully get the guys to separate from each other enough where you can sneak up, strangle yeah. a guy, go over, strangle another guy. It's yep. very satisfying. It's equally satisfying to get them all together in one spot for a noise and throw a Molotov cocktail yeah. on all of them. Like <laughs> all of that stuff is really fun. Or like the shrapnel bomb. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. The nail bomb is pretty the fantastic. Nail bomb, yeah. Um, one of the things I thought was cool about your journey through Pittsburgh, though, with Joel and Ellie, is I feel like this is where he's really starting to open up to her a lot more. But at the yeah. same time, and Derek hinted at this last time, we'll get to it. Um, it's they're not always going to see eye to eye on everything. But I do like that when one of them is in need, the other one doesn't hesitate to jump in and help. And yeah, yeah. So there's clearly a bond being formed there. Like for example, Ellie can't swim. We learned that about her this time around. Yeah. So they, of course, introduce a whole bunch of water-based puzzles where you have to figure out how to get Ellie from point A to point B. Maybe it's – usually it's going to be a, pa a floating pallet that you bring over. Yeah. Um, but other times it might be something else, find a board to make a bridge or something. Um, and then there's a section in the hotel, and the hotel is one of the, one of the biggest areas you have to work your way through in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the basement in a second because that I think might be the scariest part of the game in a good way. It's really the, eerie. The witch uh, part? The boiler room basement of the oh, hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a part after that where Joel, you finish fighting a bunch of guys in a room and you go to climb up a ladder and then a yeah. guy kicks you and starts drowning you. And that's where you see Ellie essentially get her first kill that we know yeah. of at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys think about that moment right there where Ellie had to step in and save you but Joel is pissed at her for not obeying and staying put? What do you think about that part? Um, well, it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of the first, uh, really important moments as far as transitioning, like Joel being a little more, um, tr trusting in Ellie, right? Because up to that point, like she's asked a couple of times, like, I need a gun. And he's like, no, absolutely not. That's not happening. Um, but she obviously grabs a gun, blasts that dude in the face because he was about to kill Joel. So she saved his life. And like for a second, he's kind of like thinking about saying thank you but then he goes immediately back to being pissed because you know he doesn't want her shooting anybody i, I think he doesn't want her innocence being robbed but it, like also this is a post-apocalyptic world so is that what it is it's protecting her childhood a bit i mean i i, I don't know like what what else uh, that's kind of maybe how i see it a little bit or at least partly that yeah but also i don't know 
I feel like it's also he sees how valuable she is because she could potentially be the key to the cure of this thing. Sure. And I think he's pissed that she would be willing to risk herself like that. Well, that too. So I, I think it's numerous things or or even a little bit like because he knows how far gone he is yeah. in this world that maybe he also doesn't want her to even come close to what Joel sees himself as. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's true. Because he's just like he's a he's just like I'm I do what I, I need to do doesn't matter i will yeah. kill anybody i need to kill no questions asked not even hesitating yeah. i don't think he wants her to be like that so yeah. i i think they're the last piece of that probably has to do with he has always been kind of a father figure whether he was an actual father of course we talked about his daughter sarah who died yeah. but also kind of in somewhat leadership roles and he's used to people for the most part listening to him yeah and the people that didn't listen to him at least he respected them like tess when she would always push back against him yeah yeah but i think he got pissed off that she didn't obey him i think that was a big part of it and yeah. as, a, as a parent i can relate to that like yeah. maybe what the kid did actually wasn't bad i'm just mad that they didn't show me the respect of obeying exactly what i said sure so Derek, i don't know if you can relate to that as a dad too but like i think he was kind of pissed that ellie didn't obey him i honestly think that was a big part of it of course yeah i mean that was the thing like their whole relationship like what are we now past the halfway point of the game is like him keeping his distance from her. And then yeah, as we go through it, he starts opening up slowly to, yeah. okay, you can, I see you as my daughter. Yeah. Just like she's the whole time, like not begging him to be her dad, but she does look up to him. I think it's or like a partner, right? Or yeah. Like a partner kind of even, even well, footing. I would say even more than that. I'm with you, Derek. And I think she right away is ready to embrace him as the one who protects her, the one she looks up mm, to. That yeah. she, she's like, tell me what to do. Like, I think she's like, ready. I, look, I know we live in a, and I'm not going to go on a rant, I promise. I know we live in the <laughs> women are just as strong or stronger than men. But if you really want to live in reality, you'll realize something about women right away. And that is all women, all women want to be led and loved by a man. And it starts Except with their boss. No, <laughs> no, have you seen who they date? They're women. Who oh are... my god. <laughs> well, and I think whether or not that statement is true is up for debate. I think it's an interesting statement, but I think it's also her age has plays into it as well, right? She's yeah. a kid becoming a teenager, right? She's fourteen. Well, that was what I was so, getting. Yeah, at, yeah. Is that yeah. it's that they want to be led by a man, and it starts at a young age. They want that father figure in their life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what she desired from the beginning. It takes some time even for her, but it definitely took longer for him. And so he now is getting into protect mode, not only because she's a value for this mission they're on, but also because he doesn't want to repeat. And I said this, I think, last week. Maybe I said it off the show. But he doesn't want to repeat what he's already experienced. He doesn't yeah. want to fall in love with this girl in a, in a father-daughter way right. and then lose her. He doesn't want yeah. to go through that again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, anytime she does something reckless or stupid or anything that could turn her life into potentially his outcome, he wants to protect her from it. And he will. He doesn't do it in a way where he sits down and goes, let's talk about our feelings. Let's talk about <laughs> I don't want none of that in this world. Yeah. He, he stays away from that. He always just snaps at her or stays quiet. Like that's yeah. his way of controlling her. Yeah. A lot of times she'll ask a question as you're traveling and then he'll just not say anything. At least at least early on in the game, especially in these yeah, yeah. the Pittsburgh part. There's times when he'll just stay quiet. She's like, oh, all right. Um, 
as she kind of realizes he's not going to answer. But um, I, th- I did think it was funny. You know, I think both of you talked about this in the last time around too. If you look for opportunities when characters aren't necessarily moving through the environment, they might stop and look at something and have a little triangle over their head, which tells you you can go yeah. talk to them. And before you get into the hotel, there's a part where she's standing looking at this advertisement of this super skinny model yeah, yeah. who's advertising, I don't know, cologne or perfume or drink. I don't know what she was advertising. Yeah, yeah. But Ellie basically is just like, I thought you said you had food back then. Like, and I, I love that whole conversation because this yeah. is this it's a foreign world to her, like yeah. everything that she's looking at. He's like, yeah, but some people tried to not eat as much and just for the way they look. And she's like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> just, I love her commentary on the foolishness of society before the outbreak. You know, it happens I, I really a few times. That. There's the one later on, and I'm not gonna like jump to that whole section, but just like that the ice cream. Um, yeah. The ice cream truck. She's like, what even is it? He's like, oh, yeah. it's a truck that went around and they played creepy music and they sold ice cream. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Sure. <laughs> when you explain yeah. it like that, it sounds so stupid. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like when you're in the hotel, speaking of mo- like, I think key moments, I think, yeah, one key moment was the way Joel handled the ambush and he saved their lives. Of course. The yeah. next key moment I think was when they're trying to make their way through the elevator section and yep, yep, yep. The elevator falls, right? And he goes tumbling down. It looks like a couple of stories, thankfully, lands in some water. So he's all right. And she immediately, her first reaction, if you guys remember, her first reaction to it was, Joel, I'm coming down there. Like she was going to find a way to join him. And that to me was a big moment where I I think a lot of what Derek's saying, at least about Ellie, is definitely true. She is completely attached to him the same way a kid would be to a parent. Like she was not cool with him not being with her anymore. Like she, she needs him. And so I really liked that. It it made me, as the character of Joel at least, feel really important. And it actually put a lot of weight into that next section. Okay, I got to get through here alive because, yeah. you know, she's waiting for me up there. So I liked that part a lot too. Um, I thought it was a key moment at least. But then that gets to my what was my least favorite section of the game when I first played this through. But I got to tell you, on easy mode, it's actually disappointingly easy. Like it's it's not just easier. Yeah. But they send you far. So what happens in the boiler room is you navigate through there. There's some puzzles, and you finally get to a section where you need to open a door with the key card that you find, and you can't until you start a generator. And as soon as you start that generator, all hell's gonna break loose, right? You're gonna yeah. have runners coming at you, and you're gonna have a bloater also coming at you. It's gonna be crazy. Yep. And when I played it through on normal, I remember dying at least a handful of times before I kind of figured out the best approach. You know, yeah. basically start the generator, shoot the first wave, stand there with a shotgun, and just take out the first wave. <clears throat> And then make your way upstairs and then be smart with the bloater, right? Maybe lay a few traps for him. Maybe distract him over this way and then run to the door. You actually don't have to yeah. beat him. You can run nah. past him if you want to. Yeah. On easy mode, there is no bloater. It's just a handful of runners oh. that come at you <laughs> and then you're done. And you can just leave that. Really? <laughs> so honestly, I felt like a little disappointed. I was geared yeah. up. I was amped up for what I remember being one of the creepier and really well done parts of the game. But it was super easy and I got out of there yeah. too quickly. So um that that part was a little bit of a bummer um that i kind of wish i wasn't uneasy for that section but anyway you do reunite with her and then eventually you guys see the big bad weapon of the pittsburgh gang and that's their army humvee with the the big machine gun mounted on top of it right and so they can just drive this thing around with a dead body in the front scaring the crap out of anyone who visits pittsburgh and as you two are trying to escape which i thought was actually some pretty cool segments where you're trying to get past that thing then you meet uh, Sam and Henry, I think the names yes. are, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Henry's the older brother. Sam's the the younger brother. Yeah. Now, Derek, you had talked about these two last time. You referenced them before. Yeah. As they're being like an older and younger duo. How do you think they did with these two as far as like the storytelling and and what do you think their real purpose was? Because their time with with Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. (laughs) God damn it, Derek. (laughs) And there it is. Uh, of, of course, those two characters are. There's some ups and downs there. At first, it's cool that Ellie has someone her age, right? And it's a kid yeah. who's a little younger than her, and he's trying to be cool because at first he's like, "No, I'm I'm almost 14." Yeah. So I I like that part. I think he um, had a little bit of a crush on her. For sure. For I sure. I don't know why. Not but I also never really. There was something about Henry that I didn't really trust him. Even the first time I played it, I remember thinking like, "He's not telling me the whole truth here." The way they had him communicate to Joel yeah. felt like. He wasn't quite giving you the whole story. Turns out, for the most part, he was. He was just trying to protect himself and his brother. He was well, yeah. being honest. But there's a section where you're escaping the city. You're almost out to the suburbs where you're trying to get to this radio tower to meet up with other fireflies. And the ladder breaks off of the truck. And Henry and Sam and Elliot made it up there safely. Joel's down on the ground screwed because the Hummer's about to bust through the gate. And Henry's like, sorry, man, I'm so sorry, and takes off. And then Ellie, of course, is way braver than that idiot. And she jumps back down with Joel and she's like, hey, I'm sticking oh, yeah. with you. Absolutely. Um, so what do you guys think of Henry in that moment? Did you hate him as much as I did? I mean, I think it made sense because like he then like and then later on when uh, Joel like shoves him down and has the gun at his face, like he's like, listen, man, like you would have done the same. And Joel kind of is like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he kind of just like looks at him like, yeah, I, I would have. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like he's there. He has his brother they're barging they're trying to barge in through the gate like it's his brother is the priority right like they they are trying to work as a team but like something happened and they couldn't really do anything about it in the moment so he's like i got i gotta go i gotta protect my brother so yeah i mean it makes sense i think yeah but sucks but if anything ellie wasn't really brave she was stupid oh interesting yeah for jumping back down there with him (laughs) yeah well because i mean obviously we're playing a game if it was a show conveniently they had they find another way out well, but what if at the time when he was stuck they didn't think they had another way out so she was stupid to jump down so she like, basically was okay with killing way. herself right but you could also look at it so like at this point like if we're thinking like she's fully like this is my dad mode right like she wants to protect her i mean she's a kid so she can't really do what joel can do but she's like I she'd rather be with dad. him even if they die than be with yeah. these two strangers yeah. and well, know that i mean i, I understand want to why him. she did it it's still logically yeah. it's stupid yeah sure he would have died if she hadn't done that though because that next segment you have to get into this garage and he couldn't have gotten in there without another person to help yeah. prop it up things like that so she definitely saved his keister by jumping back in there with him. And then, of course, there's a whole bunch of really cool segments with the Hummer that's chasing you, and you eventually get out. And Joel and Ellie almost die, right? They almost drown. But Henry and Sam aren't totally out of the picture yet. Henry apparently helps pull you from the water um, as you guys jump are off bridge. jump off a bridge. And then I love that moment where – because she can't swim, right? And he was trying to figure out a way to like distract him and let her run past them back on the yeah, bridge. And she just jumps in the water basically. So he has to jump after her. Yeah. And I love that moment where he kind of scoops her up and then spins his back just in time to hit that rock to take that yeah, hit. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Again, another father moment. I thought, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then Henry saves their butts. They totally would have died. Like that hit right there essentially knocked him out and they would have yeah. both been dead. But Henry saved them because him and Ben or not Ben, him and Sam are still uh, close by to see 
what was happening. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I would have been quick to forgive, and I don't think Joel forgave either, but I think like what you said, he kind of had to acknowledge like, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing to protect me and Ellie. I probably would have been okay giving you up just like you did to us, and you did save me this time. So I don't think he is like trusts him and they're best friends or anything crazy like that. He's just like, all right, I'll let this one slide. Like yeah. we're basically we're even. <laughs> he seems pretty fine right after that because then they go through the sewers and then like the the sort of vibe, or you know, amongst it's the more chill. Yeah. yeah, a little more chill. So yeah, yeah, they go through the sewers. There's some pretty dark stuff there where clearly there were some survivors living there and trying to like there was classrooms and stuff. There's lots of oh, what's family. The dude that keeps writing the letters that you find. Yes, um, if you take time to read those, it's really. Oh, I can't. I can't remember. Name. Yeah, I remember I Greg Miller kept saying, like, when they were talking about the DLC, this was before they announced yep. what it was going to be. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I think they'll do it on this guy. Like, okay. they'll share his story since oh, he yeah. wrote these letters. Yeah, the, the story down in the sewers is actually pretty compelling if you take time to read all the stuff yeah. that you find. And it's really sad. It's really sad. It, it starts um, off super cool because you – so you find a boat, an abandoned, damaged, just obviously not usable boat on the shore – Yep. And you find the first letter on there. So this dude was living on a on a boat out at sea with whatever supplies he had trying to sort of yep. last as long as he could. And then he had to come back to shore because he was running out of supplies. So Yep. Yeah, so that that whole segment I thought was pretty good. They of course play with the idea of um it, it's very conveniently placed, but Joel and Sam have to team up and Henry and Ellie for a short time have to team up because of the way the door falls and separates them. So that was interesting, and you can kind of see the desperation on really all four of their faces. They didn't want to be split up this way. If they're going to be split up. It should be Joel and Ellie and Henry and Sam, but yeah. they're kind of forced that way for a little while. In the sewers, you're reintroduced to the monster threat again. It's not really any yeah. humans. You're just fighting monsters at that point. It's the clickers. It's the runners. Mm-hmm. It's the all the different errs that are out there. Um, so I, I like that segment. It was kind of a nice change of pace from fighting humans nonstop. So just real like kind of a small nitpicky thing, but there's like a ve- so that very specific moment where the gate comes down, right? Yeah. And Ellie and Henry run off to the left, and then you see the clickers coming in from the right. I thought the direction was bad too. Yeah. But like, why why wouldn't Joel like be maybe kind of bashing at the gate to distract, get their attention, right? Because they're all sound based. They're not going to go through the gate. So I thought just... that. I thought like, hey, they're fish in a barrel. Just point your gun and take a few yeah. of them out. Like I had all kinds of thoughts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. So yeah, I don't know. But they eventually make it out of there and then get into the suburbs. And then one of the what I thought was one of the cooler moments. Oh, we totally skipped the moment where after Ellie saves Joel's butt, there's a cool moment where he, after he cools off and is done being pissed at her. This is back in Pittsburgh. We forgot to talk about this. Oh, the rifle. Yeah. Yeah, where they need to get through a section and there's too many enemies and now they're on high alert because they're discovering that their their guys are getting taken out little by little so now they're on high alert and he needs her to cover him with this yep. rifle and once you and i just decided to go ahead and open fire it's on the easy why not i'm gonna use my ammo i was maxed i was maxed out with ammo at that point let me just start shooting people and ellie takes out a ton of dudes yeah uh in that sequence and does a really good job of it girl's got good aim so i like that moment too where he trusts her and then he even kind of while you're down on the ground and she's taking guys out, he actually keeps mumbling like, "Good shot, like, that was good, yeah, yeah, yeah. good, good girl." But then when he when they get back, she's like, "Did you do okay?" And he doesn't really give her a satisfying, like, validating answer. Yeah. But he does give her a gun, and he's like, "Here's something more your size." So we forgot yeah. to mention that part. That that's actually I I really like that part. I wanted to because like so as he's giving her the gun, 
yeah. he's like, listen, you just you got you got to you got to respect it. You need yeah. to respect the guy. And like, there's almost like a little bit of like, I don't know what the word, but like, he just seems really almost kind of sad for a yeah. second, or like his voice is shaky because he's like, I'm giving I you. I say sad. Now. I would say nervous. Yeah, hmm. but like he's giving her this weapon that can take a human life. Like, I mean, she's already shot a few people at this point, but like, yeah. he's like, yeah, no, I'm acknowledging you need this. Like, but this is a scary moment because you're a 14 year old girl and I'm giving yeah. you a gun to kill people. So, I think yeah. in the end, he doesn't want to be responsible for when she grows up the way she grows up. He kind of yeah. he doesn't want that responsibility. So I don't think it's as much. At least at the beginning, it's less about protecting her and more about he doesn't want to be the one responsible for if he makes a bad move and messes yeah. things up, gets her hurt, gets someone else hurt because of what he gives to her. Like he doesn't, he wants no part of it for a long time. So yeah. this is him kind of giving in like, all right, it's my responsibility to make sure she does this the right way. So he had just shown her how to use the rifle, just giving her a couple quick tips on how to use yeah. the rifle before jumping down. And then with the gun, it's all about, you gotta. You're right. He doesn't know what to say, so he just sums it up with, "You gotta respect it, okay? Yeah, like, you gotta respect this thing. <laughs> you, you can it, hurt yourself real bad with this, or you know." Like, it's it reminds. It's a lot of like when a dad gives a teenage son access to the internet. And he's like, "Can you just don't just don't look up <laughs> bad stuff, okay? Just don't look up bad stuff." Yep. yep. <laughs> Where it's yeah, he doesn't. He just kind of tries to sum it up in that. So we we did miss that part. That was before Henry that's and good, Sam part, yeah. joined the picture. But there's another sniper scene where you guys are at the end of the street. <laughs> And there was someone sniping at you. And so Henry, Sam, and Ellie stay put, which is always weird to me because they could have come with you, but whatever. Um, but all three of them stay put as you go to flank around the side. I guess the idea is they need to keep to his attention. attention. Yeah. 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 And keep him shooting at you. You go around the side, but it doesn't really matter what they do because you're going to get hit by a bunch of guys attacking you down the alley anyway. So you got to take them out, work your way up to the side, take out the sniper who tries to stab you. And then you have to pick up the sniper rifle, take out a bunch of bad guys who are now coming from the other direction, help take out the Hummer, because now that Pittsburgh Hummer has found its way to you. And then, of course, a huge swarm of clickers to wrap up that whole scene. I like that whole segment. It was a lot of action. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You I liked, I liked yeah. getting to the sniper and okay. even sniping for a little bit. I think they drew, drew it out way too long. Like okay. when they started yeah, just having a wave of enemies, a wave, and I was like, sure. okay, really? Well, that's like old these, video games. These people just right? decided to all show up all at the same time. Humans and clickers all at the same time. Like, well, the good. clicker part is for a specific story reason, but... Yeah. yeah. But that, with all the noise? Or what what do you mean? Made it a little more organic. Well, so the next part with, with Sam... That, oh that, no no I got that I, yeah, I just I to me the clicker showed up because there's just been essentially a huge battle that's been happening and well, it's right, yeah, it makes sense why they would show up I'm just saying like the timing oh yeah of like you're kind of yeah, going yeah. through you kill like three or four guys and then you get up there you just kill the sniper and again I understand it's a video game I'm saying I'm fine with the sniping part like yeah. taking out that but once you take out that and you have more waves of clickers and humans and all that I was like oh my gosh like can we just end this like I was waiting the to, to put the gun down yeah yeah and it does get I, I do like that especially the first time you play it you you start to get overwhelmed you're like crap do I suck at this there's too many clickers and they're starting to get 
underneath your field of vision. They're getting closer to you. And, and I just like that eventually you get overwhelmed. You're like, I got to go. It's time to go. Yeah. So you yeah, just yeah. decide to head out the back way. Yep. Um, but I like that it's whole thing. Like I never understood why the clickers couldn't follow you to the fence that you are the, the. Well, I guess they just retreat out the back and they're just coming at the front so they just don't hear them. I don't know. Well, because they can't see. It's the clickers specifically. So they yeah. can't maybe see. And yeah, they they could have they would have been they would have benefited from them showing just a little moment of maybe them throwing something noise making back into the street or something yeah. to distract, but they didn't do that. They just yeah they kind of jumped like, oh, to okay. a segment they, where they get to sneak through a fence. I, I made the joke to myself. I'm like, oh, I guess they're at the, like the doorbell, like ringing it, like no, nobody's answering. I guess they're not here anymore. <laughs> yeah, like the. Like it, when they Jehovah. when they reunite with Joel, they are kind of all at the front trying to get through the boarded up windows and doors there, and yeah. then they go out the like yeah whatever. Um, but then the next segment is when we see uh, Henry and Sam's time with the crew come to an end because, as you mentioned, Dan, story wise, Sam of course during that whole thing got bit. I think it was on the arm, no, on the leg on or the something. Leg. On the, on the ankle, leg, yeah. Okay. So he got bit. So when Ellie's trying to be all nice to him and give him this little toy soldier he had, or toy robot he had wanted to play with, but Henry had told him, no, we only take what we need. And she gave, gives it to him trying to be nice. And he just chucks it, you know, and she, like, he's just kind of pissed. And it's, of course you realize it's cause he's been bit. Yeah. He's angry. But that's a good um, moment though, because he's like, yeah. she goes into the room and he's like talking to her. Cause he, he knows obviously yeah. what's going to happen to him, but he's having this like conversation with her and he's, and he asks her, what like is she never afraid because she always she just kind of seems aloof to him yeah and he's like why are you never afraid and she's mm-hmm. like well i am i'm afraid of being alone mm-hmm. um and th- and then she asks and then he asks her um what do you think happens to to them like when they've turned like is oh, that's there still right a part of them is there still a part of them in there because he's he knows he's gonna turn so he's like almost trying to a- have her reassure him that like a part of him is still gonna be there or something like doesn't he ask about afterlife too yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That, yeah, I he's like, that do that you was... believe that? And she's like, not yeah. really. And he's like, yeah, me neither. Me and neither. so you're right. Yeah, all of that leads into the fact that he knows. He's better repent now, brother. <laughs> he knows he's going to die. <laughs> um, and of course, truck. one of the things that annoy me about that, though, and it makes sense because he's a kid, right? He's 13 or 14, whatever he is. And um, and so it makes sense that he makes this choice. It just pissed me off that he didn't tell anyone and allowed himself to essentially yeah. die and turn overnight and be a huge threat to them the next day. Yeah. Um, so that, that pissed me off. Of course, it all ended up fine for Joel and Ellie, not yeah. so much for Henry and Sam. Cause Henry, when Joel pulls the gun, because Sam has now attacked Ellie now that he's turned and he's yep. this crazy zombie thing trying to eat her. Joel goes to pull out a gun and Henry has a gun pointed at Joel. Like that's my brother. And then, yeah. Makes the hard decision to swing the gun over and shoot his brother and yeah. kill him. Yeah, that, and this then part he's is rough. and he's overwhelmed by it. He kind of keeps asking himself, "What did I do? What did I do?" And then quickly turns the gun to on himself and takes himself out. Well, he blames I, them for a second. Like, blames them for a second, and I think just kind of realizes like that's it. I, that that was my last reason to be here, essentially. Yeah. And is overwhelmed with the decision he had to make there. So that hit me pretty suddenly. When I yeah. first played it, of course, knowing it was coming, I was just kind of waiting for that moment to happen. But the first time I played it, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they seemed – after they reunited, it seemed like maybe Henry and Sam are main players for the rest of this thing. Like maybe they're – like I thought they were going to be part of the story to the end. But within two cutscenes, they're both gone. Boom, just like yep. that. Yeah, it's very abrupt. It is very abrupt. Um, that moment. But I, I have always appreciated the way that – 
uh, Naughty Dog makes transitions between like they don't have to show you everything that happens after that and them slowly leaving the suburbs, realizing no one's at the radio tower, getting some supplies and then making their way farther west. You know, they don't have to show all of that. And I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah. They jump right all of a sudden it says I think I believe it jumps to fall at that point, yeah. right? Yep, yep. And then boom, they're out in the wilderness. They've got different outfits on. They clearly found some different clothes. Like Joel's got a plaid shirt on now and they're walking along this really scenic river and they're in the woods. I really like that transition. Yeah. Cuz I'll be honest with you, I was starting to get a little bit like urban and rural setting out. Like just buildings everywhere, like the same yeah. it felt like the same setting a lot. So I was really pleasantly surprised when I first played this that there was going to be a bunch of outdoor settings. So what do you guys think of the whole damn <laughs> uh, section of the game? So you, you finally, you finally meet up. He's you, been on a roll. <laughs> you, you finally meet up with uh, Joel's brother, Tommy, of course. You have to do a couple of puzzle things to get there. But you get to the dam where they are, and you meet Tommy. You meet Maria, who's his wife. And um, you find the um, Do you guys find the... Uh kind of once you cross yeah. over that section there where you're moving sort yeah. of like those panels up or whatever they are the the grave with the little teddy bear on it yes yeah yeah that's uh that's kind of that's uh i don't know what the word i was gonna say is but it's not a good moment but it's like and it, 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 she's asking him i think i forget if she asked about the daughter or not because i don't think she knows yet does she about yeah, the daughter? she asks about sarah she doesn't find does out she? about the daughter until after they meet tommy and maria so right. when they see the little baby grave she hasn't learned about his okay. daughter yet but i know she's asking she's trying to like pry out of him something right. and he, and he's just not having it he's like listen i'm not yeah. i'm not talking about this at all with you right now but you know what i love about ellie is that she's persistent so from the yeah. beginning of the game she's determined to like make a connection with this guy who she yeah. knows they're about to go on this long journey together and he's determined not to open up but whether yeah. he wants to or not over time he has been opening up little by little about this about that yeah. and and eventually of course he opens up about a lot more um, but even at the end of the section we're going to talk about tonight with the university, even then she asks about, you know, were you married? Yeah, once. Well, what happened? Uh, he just makes a grunt. He's like, Ugh. she's like, too much. He goes, yeah. And then yeah. they'll talk about it again for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's willing to push and push until he says no more. And then she'll wait and then she'll push some more later. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I did see that little baby grave and that was super sad because Joel mumbles yeah. to himself like that grave is too small, I think is the yeah. comment he makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just and that, another that, dark moment in a dark world. <laughs> that part was pretty much a bummer. I'll tell you this. After all this that Joel and Ellie have been through, I found myself for the first time truly, truly disappointed in the character of Joel. I get it. I get why he did what he did next, but I really kind of hated it. That when they uh, meet yeah. up with Tommy, he's still determined to hand her off completely. I thought by right. this point, at least what I've been through with them as the person playing the game, I'm like, no, you two are tight. You're bonded. You're family at this point. Yeah. And Joel is still holding on to that hope of getting her loaded well, I think it's, on the I think else. it's that fear. I think yeah, what, he what, says, fear, fear he about says what? to Tommy, right? Like um she just would be better off with you. Like he, he keeps but, insisting yeah. But he's not saying that because he actually believes she's better with Tommy. He is saying that because he does not want to lose her. So she's better off with him because he can't handle if she dies sure he can't handle this journey anymore like he's pushed her away as, as much as he can push her away in fact i think if i'm remembering correctly they really start to connect after yeah yes that is when they connect 
yep. it's after this time with Tommy and everything where he's trying to get rid of her. Yeah. Um, that's when they actually connect. He, that's when he finally in this game. So we're I would say we're three fourths in around three fourths in. Yeah. When this happens, so you're talking for three fourths of this game, he's been pushing this girl away that he clearly cares about. Um, and that's when he finally gets to a place where he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm in this with her, um, and I'm gonna let my guard down a little bit. He's not still real good at it, but my point is, is I believe that's why he was like, Tommy, I need you to do this. I, like he was pushing, like I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And I yeah. think it's because he's like, if she dies in my hands while I'm protecting her, I can't handle another loss. Like I can't that. handle it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I think you're right. I think a lot of it is fear based. But of yeah. course, Ellie overhears this. Yeah, they get attacked by bandits or whoever. They get attacked at one point, so they have to fight them off. And then she overhears Tommy finally agreeing to take Ellie, even though Maria hates the idea. So Ellie grabs a horse and takes off. So then you have this whole sequence where you're chasing her down on a horse to this ranch house. Uh, and I really like this segment. This goes back to what Derek talked about in our first couple chapters because he had to play ahead and I'm with you. It's hard not to keep playing ahead on this game um, where you get to a segment where she says, I've lost people too. And then he says, you have no idea what loss is or what pain is something yeah. like that. Yeah, Some, with loss. Yeah. He says, you have no idea what loss is. Yeah. And she turns it back around on him. I love her response. It's just basically like, Hey, everyone that I've loved has either left me or died. Yeah. And you're the only one left. Yep. That actually kind of got me a little bit emotional for a second. I was like, holy crap, that was such good writing and ah, such good performance. Ah, Daniel Freitas is rubbing off on you. Yeah, I'm getting a little <laughs> emotional in this game, man. You're I think a, a lot of it, boy now. Of course, a lot of it has to do with the fact that my daughter's grown up too, and, and it's hard not to relate to some of this. But even just as a human being, seeing them develop this relationship, it's hard not to feel what she's feeling there. She's like, I get it. That sucks. Your daughter died. That's awful. That's heartbreaking. And I've lost people too. Now we have each other. What are you doing? Yeah. So in her mind, it's almost simpler to say it the other way. Why wouldn't you want to connect with someone after you lose everyone? And in his mind, he's saying, I just don't want to lose them again. So yeah. I totally get the dichotomy there. But to Derek's point, after that whole segment in the ranch house, and then they go and they're getting ready to head towards Salt Lake. No, not Salt Lake City. They're going to go to uh, Utah? the u- university. They're going to head to Eastern Colorado University yeah. to try to find the Fireflies Science Lab and – Without really saying, without really much explanation, he just changes his mind. He's like, "All right, Tommy, here's your horse back. You know, we'll we'll keep this one. Thanks." Well, he says, "Your your wife scares me, so I yeah. don't want to be responsible for anything that happens." And that's bull crap. <laughs> that's of course not the reason. But no, he's no. not he's not going to admit like, "Well, I guess I do love Ellie as a daughter." Like, of course. And I, yeah. again, I'm so glad we talked about this last time. I'm so glad the writers of this game decided not to be stupid on the nose yeah. with their dialogue. Like, we know. Everyone knows what the Joel knows, yeah. Ellie knows, Tommy knows, everyone playing the game knows why Joel changed his mind. But he, the reason he gives is classic Joel it, moment. Fit, yeah, I was going to say it fits his character. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I like. And I talked about it last week and I'll say it again. That's the thing I, I, I get if you, if you play this game, uh, like after it's been hyped up, I'm talking about The Last of Us, not Last of Us 2. But like if you, if you play this game and, and it's already been hyped, and you're like, why? This isn't special. The story is cliche. The gameplay is not even that great. But the thing that I think if you really pay attention to how they write 
every character and even Tim said it and how they transition. So meaning like, okay, so you know you're going to play through with Joel and Ellie basically to the end. Like there's no point in the game where you're like, well, maybe Joel will die or maybe, no, you know that these two are going to make it to the end, at least in this one. Um, but everybody else they meet can possibly die. Right. And the way that they they write these characters, the dialogue, the the relationship building in such a short time, like even Sam and Henry, I'm not going to say that I like love them because there were certain things like Tim was saying that they did that I was like, ugh, like you're annoying or I don't like that you did that. But I still cared about them. In fact, yeah. as we were playing yeah. and we were getting through places together, I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool team we got going on here. Yeah. Um, so when they when they died and the way they transitioned, how they had them die, all that stuff was really well done. So that's yeah. that's my point is, and that's not just one part. It's the entire game. They did it with Tess. They did it with Sam and Henry. They do it with everybody. Yeah. You know they're coming in. You probably have a an idea that they're gonna die or leave you or something, but they still get you to care about them. And yeah. that's what they really do well. It's like uh, Bioware. Everybody compliments Bioware on what? Characters. That's yeah. what they always compliment Bioware on. They get you to care and like a lot of their characters. I think that's what The Last of Us, and even Uncharted, I think that's what Naughty Dog's really good at doing. They're really good storytellers, but oh, yeah. what they're really good at is writing good characters. Good characters, right. That you and care. Their, their interactions. Like and their interactions, interactions. yes. Yeah. Which they allows a game... organic and real. Which yeah. allows a story like any of the Uncharted's that are kind of just another take on a Tomb Raider or Indiana Jones type of story, and they're still fun and interesting. Yeah. That's not what makes those games great, is oh, it's the what treasure are they hunting and who's the bad guy? Those aren't important. They're yeah. interesting, but not important. It's all about those characters, and you're spot on. They do the same. I think with not with uh, Last of Us, they figured out that secret sauce and doubled down on it, and boy, yeah. is it good. And again, it, this game I, is seven years old now. I mean... The quality of the writing and acting is way better still, than it had any right to be. Still better than yeah, all yeah. The games that come out now. And in fact, it's it, better than a lot of TV shows that come out now. Like I'm watching <laughs> TV shows that are sometimes yeah. the dialogue between characters and the performances is painful. And this is, I think, light years ahead. And that's my issue I had with like the Tomb Raider games, like the new ones. Like I, action-wise, like them more than, like, Uncharted and stuff like that. Yeah, the gameplay is more fun. everything else is, Uncharted is way better. Like, way more polished, way, just way better. And it's because I think Laura is not as likable as Nathan, but it's also all the side characters. Like, I don't care about them. Like, there's that one guy, I don't even know his name. He's Jonah. Every one of the games. Jonah, and I'm like, I don't care about you, dude. Do you even have a crush on her? Do Do you? Do you not? Like, you would think he does, but... Like, they just don't do a very good job with the characters and, and the story and all that yeah. stuff. No, that's fair. But, that's again, that's what makes The Last of Us stand above the crowd when it comes to video game storytelling. The last section we'll talk about real quick is university. It's actually not that big of a section compared to Pittsburgh. And that, that whole area was such a long uh, section to get through. And then university was, I think, visually really impressive. It looks really pretty. It's very cool. Of course, it's the fall, but it's also this abandoned and overrun university. So you've got this really pretty campus with all red brick buildings. Looks very cool. You can kind of see uh, overgrown football field and stuff like that. I, I think the visuals in this place are great. Um, and you also get what I think is some of the most impactful bonding moments with Joel and Ellie. So as they're arriving at the university, they have clearly turned the page 
from the whole Tommy debacle where Joel was trying to offload her. Because yeah. as they're pulling in there, you're, they're clearly talking football, and he's explaining to her the rules of football, and she's like, "It's confusing." He's like, "Yeah, you just gotta play a little bit, and you'll get it." So, like, they're they're just kind of talking. They're just talking about all kinds of stuff, and I really liked that a lot. Um, and even as I, because I, as I'm going on university, you can get off the horse at any point and try to explore stuff. There's actually not a ton of stuff to find, but I, for some reason, in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, there might be something around this corner." Yeah. So every time you get off the horse and back on, he's like, "All right, scooch back, scooch back." Yeah. Like there's these little interact, like, little things that they include in the game that are awesome too, or little moments where she'll just say like, "Ah, it's getting kind of cold." He's like, "Yep, it's that time of year," and that's it. It's just like these little touches that really hit home. So the whole university section I thought was pretty well done. Basically, it's a dud of a stop because you get there, you find the science building eventually after exploring some dorms and fighting off a few more clickers and stuff. Uh, then you find the science building. You see some monkeys that have clearly escaped from some kind of testing lab or something. You see them a few times. He's like, oh, monkeys. Yeah, I like that too because he's like, first time seeing monkeys? She's like, yep. Yeah. Um, and so they get to the science building and explore it. It's totally empty. And then, of course, it gets – you start getting attacked by some group of raiders. Well, first, you before right before that, it's yeah. he finds – because you're finding recorders throughout the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. of, the, of that one specific guy – which then he mentions in one of the tapes, like he's like gonna let the monkeys free. They were like, I think uh, some uh, his uh, superiors told him to to off the monkeys, and he's like, no, you, we should let them free. And then one of them bites him, and then he's like, oh, oh god, because they yeah. were testing the monkeys. Right, right. Um, so then you see his his dead body later on, all skeletal, and because he had gotten bitten in one of the he and you see yeah. the big bullet hole in his head where he had yep, yep. taken and that out. recorder specifies where they're going to next yeah it talks about saint Saint mercy's hospital in utah yeah Yeah, um so at least they have their next destination so it's not i guess it's not a total dud it just ends up being um there's no one there for them to find they're very disappointed and you can actually start to feel ellie's disappointment that this journey isn't over yet she was i think she was starting to feel hopeful and excited um, like most of us would be for i think we're just about there we're at where we're supposed to be and there's there's still not the last stop but the whole next segment was basically a whole bunch of combat. It was a lot of fun. I made my way through. And then at the very end of it, some dude comes busting through yep. the door. And and Joel and this raider go tumbling off the balcony. And Joel gets impaled right in the midsection by this yep. steel pipe that's uh, pointing up. Yep. And, uh, of course, Ellie jumps down. What did you guys think about that whole sequence? Joel is what appears to be probably mortally wounded. He's horribly injured. Yeah. What did you guys think about that whole sequence there with Joel getting hurt and the escape from there? So from, like, a gameplay standpoint, it was fine. Like, it was – Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say fun, but it worked. From, like, uh, like just being uh, a bitter old crotchety man – I didn't. I didn't like how I'm like, dude. If you get stabbed, if you drop from that far and you st- get stabbed there, you're not moving. <laughs> and that girl's not moving you. And you're Joel's not holding your body off. Like all of it was really unrealistic. Again, I'll say it for all the losers who are uh, they don't know how to, to to read into things. I understand it's a video game. My point is, is like I think they could have done that better as far as like maybe have him drop and bust his leg or something that's more realistic that he could still semi move around and then even if you're like okay well they're trying to create a reason for you to use ellie 
he can't stay on that leg. If he busts up his leg really bad, he would still need medical attention. She could still go out and you could play that whole scene out with controlling Ellie. Your main issue is the the severity of the injury. He should have been dead. too much. Yeah. That's fair. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, and we're not going to talk about that next part, but I, I think I think they did that because they wanted a reason as to why he's out cold. Um, well, and they wanted and then, to build – Honestly, space. when I first played the game, I thought he was dead. Yeah. Well, Derek said a second ago, you're like, oh, you, you think uh, – this whole time you think Ellie and Joel are fine. I'm like, yep. I, I thought he was actually dead. I so when you when so she helps you get up when she helps you get up off the spike you're bleeding yeah. so much I remember thinking like oh this yeah. is it like he's, there's no way to stop that bleeding there's like uh, does she know how to sew all of a sudden like how is she right. how they gonna stop that to bleeding? even find the appropriate stuff right so in my mind he's already dead and so they're trying to escape and it's like heartbreaking because she's determined to help him out but he's gonna die that's what's happening in my mind and so yeah, yeah, they yeah. fight their way out there's a really cool moment where this guy comes through the door and I like that they included this he's like those were all my friends you a hole you yeah, killed yeah, them. like. Yeah. I liked that because it's like, hey, by the way, these aren't just dumb stooges. Like they are actually another community. Maybe maybe they're evil, but they're awesome. another community that's trying to survive. Yeah. And you just wiped them out. And this this is the last man standing, and he hates yeah. you. This um, whole so- section is really cool because it's literally like it just flips where now Ellie is sort of almost like in charge, so to speak, right? Like suddenly she she's like, I gotta be like the adult because, yeah. and she's talking to him like an adult too. She's like, well, can you walk? And yeah. he's like, yeah. Well, she's like, well, hurry the f up. Like, yeah, walk, yeah. Let's go. Like, f and walk. I, yeah. I do like when when you're hiding behind that desk and the guy's coming out with a shotgun. I kept trying to aim around the corner to take a shot at him, and of yeah, course yeah. he keeps shooting right then. So you can't. Joel keeps reacting, and so you can't. So it's all up to Ellie to take that guy out. Yeah. Um, same thing with as you're about to escape, you can't do anything. Like you are collapsing on the ground, also. and you're passing out, and these guys are coming down the steps, and he just has these barely visible glimpses of her essentially taking them out like yeah, a boss like on their backs like a monkey and she's stabbing yeah. them like yeah yeah she she rules man this is this is where we get to see like the future of okay here's going to be the hero moving forward probably as we'll know in part two she'll be the main character for the us one, but um the one guy trying to take the horse and he looks yeah. up he's like wait what's happening because yeah. Joel like rolls down the stairs and she yeah. just blasts him like yeah like and I think I think you guys are right. I think that's why they went with the injury that they went with and not just yeah. a leg. I mean, you can die from a leg injury, actually. I think Joe could have still fought. But I think what it what it was is I think they wanted you the first time you play it, I would agree. The first time I played it, I was like thinking, okay, well, they're they're setting it up like Joel is gonna live, but then and again, we're not talking about the next part, but then you're like, well, maybe he does die. Maybe they're dragging this out and he dies and you actually take over as Ellie permanently, yep. Yep. which, by the way, I don't like using her. Yeah, it's it's to put her in the precarious situation that happens in the next section because he can't help her. He's out cold. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so then when he's not, then it gets, to, yeah. So, so I think get, it was more they get on the horse the and they start of whether he was going to die or not the first time you played. Yeah. I think so too, because when you get on the horse, you start to escape and then he does finally completely pass out and he looks super pale. He's There's lost so no much blood. blood. Yeah. And she tries to move him and she can't. And she's like crying saying, tell me what to do. And then it goes blank. And then it says winter. And I remember, and of course, in that moment, I'm thinking, Oh, okay. He's dead because when the next scene opens, it's winter time. It's clearly in the you're in the snow somewhere, and she's mm-hmm. hunting, and then it gives you control of her to to continue hunting. So it's like, oh, I guess this is where the game shifts. But of course, as we know, that's not the case. He's not gone yet. But we will cover that next time. Winter um, is coming, Tim. 
when Turner is coming. We'll close out the last couple sections of The Last of Us next week. And then, by the way, by the time you listen to that, then that coming Friday, part two will be out. Look at that. Look look how we set that up. Look so how we bummed did I couldn't take the That's 19th fun. off. I have that follow. I have that following week off, so I don't know how long this game's the part two is going to be, but I'm hearing it's pretty long. So. I'll actually be on a family vacation until uh, Father Father's Day, so we'll be out. I'll, I'll let you guys know how it is. I'll let you guys know. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that, man. What a guy. All right, thank you all for listening. Uh, I've really enjoyed this this book club series going through Last of Us. It's one of the best games. If we ever do a book club thing again, it's going to be hard to to match up with the discussion around this one, but but we'll see. But thanks, Derek. Thanks, Dan. I know it's late for you guys, so thanks for the extra time, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. <laughs> <laughs>